Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 68 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, John Stabler, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder tonight, the Red Bull and Vodka of video streaming. He's fast, furious, and no doubtful of sugar, John Crash Virgo. Greetings, Commanders! Yes, he is full of sugar. Good, good. You're going to need it. Uh, and also, the vintage sherry of storytelling. He's loved by old ladies and only ever drunk around Christmas time. It's Alan Stroud. That's a great intro. Oh, I'm glad that you appreciate really it. Oh, okay. I like that one. That's oh, really right. nice. And also, the Peroni of podcasting. He, he's strong and extravagant, but at some times, he's quite gassy. It's Ben Moss Woodward. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, that bit of beer came right there. <laughs> We also have, this evening, the champagne of event organisation. She's light, bubbly, and dangerous at weddings. Karen Fishwick, hello. <laughs> hello. And, last but not least, the special brew of broadcasting. He's cheap, cheerful, and comes in a can. It's Grand Psycho Cal Walcott. Hello, hello. Uh, uh, sorry, my microphone is being a bit of a bum. I'll, I'm going to head it in a couple of minutes uh, once I've finished coming in this can. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Uh, uh, and we've started well, already. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, glad uh, somebody got the joke. So. Ben, ben set the tone, didn't he? Well done, Ben. And, uh, <laughs> and Grant then lowered it. Yeah, fantastic. Welcome, guys. Uh, okay, so the listeners, if you wish, you can join us live. Some of us are hanging out at Lave Station in game. I believe yeah, you guys are in public tonight, aren't you? I am, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're not not in yeah. the group, uh, Fozzer group, in the public group. No, I'm um, not in public. Yeah, you'll see Ben and I think maybe Crash might make his way over there. You can check us out in the IRC chat channel. It's hash lave-radio on QuakeNet, and you can access that through the Lave Radio listen page. If you want to get in contact with us during the show, you can tweet us at Lave Radio uh, with questions, and we'll try and answer them. I believe there's also some questions on a Facebook thread that we uh, posted earlier, so hopefully we'll get to them later in the show. Okay, so first up, guys, what have you been up to, Alan? So we did data slate recording on Thursday where I talked through a little bit about um, the stuff I've been up to in the last couple of weeks. I think probably first thing I've not been up to is playing Elite Dangerous at all, unfortunately. Um, but we have finished all of the marking, moderation and everything as of today. So um, I get my life back, which is nice. A couple of examples later on in the year, but all the, the grades are entered, all processed. The external examiners have said, yes, everything's fine. And, uh, and that was all good, so that's fine. Uh, I was out in Bulgaria last week, which, as I say, I mentioned on Data Slate. Uh, I was out working on Chaos Reborn with Julian Gollop and writing a lot, you know, uh, doing stuff for the Data Slate podcast, writing a lot. That, that really is kind of my time. Oh, and, uh, you know, there's a little thing of the second edition of Labor Revolution is now back out. Just a small thing. Um, so yeah, so, you know, it's, it's kind of taken me up, which is, you know, busy, busy, busy. Great stuff. Okay, Karen, do you have anything you want to share with the group? What have you been um, up to? I've been busy, busy, busy sorting out things for LaveCon, shockingly, um, as well as crazy busy at work, but that's just a minor detail and it's fine. So yeah, no, it's just getting everything finalised, getting everything ready. I've got a whole bunch more emails to go out to everybody, so if you've booked for the event, email coming soon. So yeah, it's all good. Okay, well, that's good that somebody's been busy. And uh, Mr. Happy himself, Karash, what have you been doing? Uh, other than upsetting people with my squee, um, <laughs> I've been I've been catching up on E3. Ironically, it's it's rather like take a, a drink. <laughs> Yay! 
Jink. Um, it's rather like a tech tsunami E3 is, unfortunately, because uh, it, the closer you get to the epicenter, the less of it you <laughs> tend to see, which is ironic. But yeah, I've been catching up on that, that stuff. Actually got uh, some time in the game, yay, finally, trying to catch up with various things. And uh, now I'm kind of trading my backside off because Ben Derry from Frontier is constantly putting me down in front of all the journos saying I hadn't reached Triple Elite yet. I curse you, Ben. Oh, dear. That's poor <laughs> Ford. Grant, what have you been up to? He's fixing his microphone, oh, I'm guessing. Oh, drink, then? Oh, right, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Mid-gulp. <laughs> what have I been up to? Well, I have been working on one of the biggest collections of cables uh, known to man, and microphones and speakers and bits of kit, and rebuilding a machine to make it do some streaming, and... Trying to sneak some elite in, keeping an eye on this noisy rabble behind me, making sure they're all happy. So it's been a, a busy week. Oh, and visits to the cat, to the, with the cat to the vets, and getting so bad news about poor space cat. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, I'm sad to hear it. Yeah, so sadly he is. He's with us until he's not, and it's a decision that we have to make at some point when he starts to suffer. But at the moment, he is no doubt going to be making a hell of a racket as the steroids he's on have made him an insufferable pain in the arse. If you make him angry, does he turn green and then trash the house? No, generally he just craps in your shoes. Right, okay. Well, it's a superpower of some description. (laughs) (laughs) This is very handy. Certainly stops you from getting a quick getaway. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay, Ben, what's been keeping you busy? I've actually been playing some elites of late, uh, mainly doing some trading as well, so I'm not being attacked by frontier uh, mods and devs and things and graphics artists or whatever Ben is because I'm not triple elite. Just because I've I've had a wee bit of a hiatus from the game as I've as I've mentioned, and it came to last week. I was like, you know what I want to do? I want to play some elite. So I did, and I had a lot of fun. Oh, good, good. Because I know what's been keeping me busy. I've been playing GTA Five. I've also been playing some GTA Five as well. Yes. Yeah, yes. it's been good fun. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I haven't been playing much Elite. Um, I don't know why. I just um, haven't been feeling it since the power play. Mm. Uh, I thought I really thought I'd like it because I love uh, Risk, but uh, uh, I just I don't know. I just haven't been haven't had the impulse to play lately. Uh, hopefully, um, that's going to be fixed soon. But we'll probably talk about that in a bit. I basically decided, okay, I wasn't. I'm not feeling the power play either, and decided, okay. Just put my blinkers on, forget about power play, and just get on with what I enjoy doing. And, you know, funnily enough, even though we have power play, we also have the rest of the game as well. And I still enjoy the rest of the game. Good stuff. Right. Well, I'm going to kind of move on with the show, although major uh, announcement. There really is very little to talk about as far as the game goes, simply because there's been so little, there seems to be so little news. I mean, all of the kind of development uh, announcements have been related to fixes and things like that. It's been very Xbox-focused with, you know, the the release on uh, Xbox. And I don't know, I mean, it's, yeah, bug fixing, it's always appreciated, but it doesn't make for great uh, podcasting, unfortunately. So, uh, come on, Frontier, help us out a bit. Um, Crash, can you do us a favour, mate? Well, you, you mentioned that you squeed and people got annoyed. Would you like to elaborate? <laughs> no, but I will. Um... 
basically what it boils down to was uh, people just massively overestimated my excitement, which I apologise for permanently being excited and enthusiastic. I know that's me. I thought people would be used to that by now. I've been that way for the last two years. But uh, no, apparently people misread uh, or misinterpreted how I was reacting to various things and thought I was talking about a lot more than what I genuinely was talking about. But no, I mean, when I, when I first tweeted uh, before I went to E3, I, I just arrived at Frontier. I was excited. Then they started showing me CQC. I was even more excited. And then they let me play the damn thing against the designers. So yes, really excited. Uh, but a lot of people kind of interpreting that as Crash must have seen the Thargoids. Crash must have seen Planetary Landing. Crash has seen this. He's seen that. He's confirmed it. Oh my God, Half-Life 3 is confirmed. Uh, and it just went completely out of hand. And next thing you know, everyone's calling me a troll for being incredibly excited. So I can only apologize for being me. <laughs> well, to be fair, I mean, we did hear stuff related to E3 that there was supposed to be an announcement for PC and there wasn't. So, you know, I think they probably put two and two together and came up with five. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was that announcement? Where did that come from, actually? Uh, it was what? just the, the thing where David was doing the talk and mm. people were expecting that there was going to be another oh, announcement for Mac and PC. And of course, yeah. he then didn't say anything. Um, and there were some people saying that he'd, um, you know, the occasion had got to him, other people saying actually he'd been told something, that something mm. had to be pulled, etc., etc. And they probably put, as I say, I think they put two and two together because you were there on the ground, but two yeah. and two together came up with five and assumed that there's yeah. something that was nearly ready. Mm hmm. <laughs> and then wasn't ready because of some last-minute problem, and no. they been excited about it prior to it being announced, yeah. and then, of course, it wasn't announced. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, sorry, I, I'd completely forgotten about that. I think that there was some quote in a story. Was, I, don't know if it was, I don't know if it was the Ars Technica one that was then later corrected, but there was something... I think the question to David was, are we going to see more for PC and Mac? And, and I think what he said was something along the lines of, oh, there's, there's more coming soon. I think what he meant was later in the year. No, it's, but it was in a newsletter. It was in a newsletter oh, that there right, would be okay. an announcement. Right. And I think that the very specific fact that there wasn't um, mm. suggested something had been pulled and that, um, you know, you'd been excited beforehand, <laughs> so they assumed that you'd seen whatever it was, it was working, and then oh. suddenly it wasn't working. So, so yeah. All oh, right. No, so I wasn't aware of that quote in there. But no, I mean, it was things like, I, you know, I saw the CQC, I got a chance to play it, I saw the Planet Coaster trailer as well, which was really cool, and there's lots of really cool things around, so... Like I said, I can only apologise. <laughs> can I just ask a quick question about the Planet Coaster thing? Yeah, sure. You know that Frontier staffer who looks exactly like the guy? Ah. Is he actually a Frontier staffer? Has he worked there for a while, and is it, and is it just coincidence that he looks like the guy, or what? Uh, no, no, I think that, I think it was a bit of an Easter egg. They put it. It's James Stant, I believe it is. Um, yeah, he, he came into work dressed up that, like that one day, so they decided mm -hmm. to put put that character in to, uh, to represent his likeness. Oh. <laughs> There's actually lots of Easter eggs in the trailer if you watch it back carefully. <laughs> Any elite fonts? Uh, I, I can't say anything. I can't say anything. Just oh. look for the look for the franchises in there. That's, that's it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch the trailer again now. Are, are we allowed to boo Karash on the show? I think we are. <laughs> Don't you start as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope everybody tunes in for later in the show when Karash will give his uh, exclusive review of Planetary Landing. Okay, <laughs> we shall move on. In my show notes here, I've got the ED Asset site. Now, I'm kind of get, I haven't seen this. Um, I have seen that somebody has been able to extract assets out of Elite Dangerous. They're not extracted. They're all hand, or well, hand drawn 
Oh, so they're all okay. basically commander. Other commanders have gone off and basically taken the assets and done them themselves rather right. than ripping them from the game. Okay. Um, and if you so, look at the website, you can see who's got the attribution and saying, you know, this is a, a work of fan art done by hand and so on. Okay. So oh. it's cool. Both it's cool. It's really, really good quality usually as well. And they've got a like, whole load of decent quality um, PNGs and things like that. I don't think I've Where seen any... S- it's edassets.org. Okay. Um, Awkward silence on the podcast while everybody types that into their browser. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, not all of it. Yeah, not all of it is because they've got the character portraits and things like that, so they have to be from from the game. Cool. But there's a lot of really good assets there that you know, fan sites like ourselves could use. Okay, uh, okay oh. that doesn't work. That URL doesn't work. www.edassets.org Oh, yeah, that, that does. When you put www. in front of okay. it, that works. Oh, that's, uh-huh. that's, that's rare, needing a www in front of things. Yeah, they, they, they need to check out their DNS settings and yep. fix that. <clears throat> okay, okay uh, yeah, we're here fixing all of your technical problems. <laughs> if you want to send us an email, info at leadradio.com. Okay, now we're going to move on with the development news. Now, I don't own an Xbox. I mean, I, I think Colin does, doesn't he? He's been playing it. Um, I don't think he has anything to report this week, unfortunately. But the, the development news is they've been fixing bugs, um, which, of course, very commendable. They've renamed Start to Full Game in the menu. Do we want to discuss this? Does anybody think that that was a bad idea? I think it makes sense. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's different. Yeah. So, I mean, I've got an Xbox, but I, I can't see me buying Elite to play. And it. certainly, you know, as, as Ben said, was it last week, the week before, uh, Frontier are very good at releasing their bugs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, this is obviously one of these circumstances where they don't want the Xbox users to feel left out. So, clearly, they've just introduced some bugs that are easy to fix, so that they can do this and make it look like they're being proactive. Yeah, I'm talking rubbish. Of course, it's yeah, fine. They've got to fix the wee bugs. And they got to take the feedback from the Xbox players because they're a different breed. You know, they're different people, different things annoy them. <laughs> what, like PC players? Exactly, yes. They're, Can't they, fix they, that problem, unfortunately. They're always moaning about the PC overlords. Yeah, no, okay, let's not get into that debate. No let's platform not discrimination, no. No, no. We don't do that on this podcast. Um, okay, so no, no one's got any strong feelings on full game. I mean, I, I just thought full game sounded a bit cheesy, but I don't know <laughs> what you'd replace it with. I mean, you can't have online like you have with GTA because obviously everything's online. Uh, okay, we'll move on. Oh, I think I sorry, Graham, but I actually think it makes sense, especially when you take uh, the fact that we're go- that we're going to have CQCC on the side as well. Enter the universe. That's what it should be tripping the void. Enter the void. That's what it should be. Okay, that's cooler. All right, yeah, fine. And in other geeky news, they've enabled, what's it, FXAA. Great. That's a big quote, sorry. Guys, guys, please. Please, the barrel has been scraped. <laughs> Who gets um, to the spoon? Yeah, okay. And I, I, I'm not going to go into detail about the power play changes. It's, it's more bug fixes. I, I don't even understand. What does Sidewinder even more available mean? They've made the Sidewinder even more available. <laughs> Duh! So, so, so more available, more available. Than Apparently, when you they've die, lowered you can the... have a free one. Now, what happens is <laughs> they pay you to take them away. Along, <laughs> <laughs> and when you're flying along, people, people, uh, you know, interdict you, attack you, and, and say, "Please sci-fi. take my ship." 
Please take my ship. I'm throwing <laughs> my sidewinder at you. Please. <laughs> uh, or there are, there, are, there are whole systems where there are thousands of sidewinders just sat parked up around the sun. <laughs> That'd be Tia really, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, every you know, there's a there's a frozen Dave Hughes in every one. <laughs> That's no ring system. <laughs> okay, and moving on. I suppose this is more newsworthy because it's not just bug fixes, but they have changed how power play works. They they've tweaked it, balanced it, whatever you want to call. Um, they they've changed the number of votes in, assigned to players, so that's been increased, and they've increased the requirements for fortify and undermine by five times. Uh, apparently, this is to encourage more tactical play. I I don't understand that. It sounds like it just increases more grinding. I don't know. Can you well, enlighten me? I I think it, it's kind of it, it's going to help this. What, what people were doing when they're getting to that point of fortify, getting to a hundred percent, and then they were blitzing past going to eight hundred percent. But that wasn't really how it was intended to work because people were supposed to get to the hundred percent to cause that trigger, and then it would allow people to have the hundred percent on the undermine. You know, so, so people could kind of counteract it. Um, so what they've done is they've by raising it, they mean that people can play that game for longer, you know, they can kind of have that battle trying to reach that trigger first, you know what I mean? Okay, okay, fine. Well, that's, uh... uh that, that's one of those things, that's one of those things about power play that's not not clear to people that are, haven't sort of been there as these things change, because always the assumption is who's done better at the end of the week is important, but the truth of the matter is it's who hits the target first, is that right, Karish? Um, well... <sighs> No, it, it, what it means is if, if you get to 100% on the trigger to fortify, then it will be fortified. If it gets to 100% on the undermine, it will be undermined. If both triggers are met in any order, then effectively the both things actions neutralize each other. So it won't change. The system will remain in its current state. Okay, so and it's just that if you're going to 800%, really 700% of yeah. that is a, is a complete waste of effort. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So because people were achieving these ridiculously high targets, they've kind of balanced it. So it's like, right, okay, well, let's bump that up a little bit because people are getting to five, six, seven hundred 700%. Let's make it so they have to reach that same effective goal and you know keep the, the tactics in there to do that. Well, that that is that is sensible balancing, and I don't know. Are, are we talking about power play later on? I don't know. Do we have to? Well, no. Just, I don't what, think just so. I've got one one bugbear now. I remember having and standing up for power play and saying how you know even the everyday ordinary player who's remaining unaligned can use power play to their their advantage. I want to change my mind. I want to say stuff power play you. Pain in the arse. I was. I, I log off for one day at the end of a cycle. When I come back, the system I in is imperial slaves are illegal, and I've got a hold full of them. I've got to fly blooming tons of light years away before I can sell them, and I make less than a third of the profit I could have made where I was sitting. Okay. You weren't able to uh, smuggle them in and sell them illegally. No, because that blooming power stops all black market. <laughs> what about the one because I've seen in some of these places where they have stopped black markets you know how you get the type 9s flying outside of the stations ok you're I've just feeding the like rant that. now Ben you're just feeding the rant He's, you can tell this is you know a serious issue for Grant and I think wow. he's venting now right. <laughs> even the vent does the heads explode 
<laughs> okay, um, I just noticed a question came in on Facebook. Normally, obviously, we do the questions later, but this does relate to something we've just said, and it's a quick answer. Uh, Chris Waite asks, since you guys have brought up, has there been any updates from Frontier about planetary landings? Um, and the answer is no. Uh, unless somebody knows better. Crash. La 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 la. Translation. The trans- no comment. No, he doesn't know better in any way, shape, or form. The he just pretends he does. But he's saying no comment. Yeah, yeah, the fact that he's saying no comment kind of implies that he knows something like a little secret squirrel, but he's not <laughs> really a secret squirrel in this case. It's just fun to tease, I suppose. Okay, and well, Amy does say you're a tease. Oh, come on, let's not go there. Okay, and uh, there was apparently there was news today, or the other day. Um, I don't know how this is news, because I think we all knew it anyway, but Elite is officially the longest-running space simulation series, according to Guinness World Records. They really will hand out a, a world record for anything, won't they? Apparently. He thinks you are, you are descending into cynical, John. Come on, let's get some positive back in okay. here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't want us to be accused of being shills for Frontier or something like that. So, um, you know, I, 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 to... think, we're, I oh. think we're doing fine on that score. Okay, thank you, Grant. For... I thought we were going to get the whole piece then. Well, yeah, I was I... trying to find the sax- saxophone sort of solo part, but I failed miserably. I do think, <laughs> though, it's it's one of those records that's kind of unfair. I mean, notwithstanding some kind of massive explosion levelling frontier, how is anyone going to manage to beat them ever? <laughs> as long as they kind of just go, oh, here's a new bug fix <laughs> for this release. Serious Every question, year. what about... Asteroids or something like that. So space asteroids. simulation series. It's not really a simulation. Asteroids is space simulation. You know, it's it's got lots of up, down, left, right action. Yeah. Okay. I suppose oh, yeah. the only the only thing that could beat them is if we made contact with an alien civilization and they had a longer running space simulation series. Yeah. Humans version thirteen. <laughs> No, I, you know, I mean, it's very nice. We have a lovely picture of David with a plaque with a, a grin. I, I'm not sure. Is that a grin or is it just him tilting his head? Um, so, so yeah, you know, it's very nice. And obviously, uh, all of the, the sort of promotion exposure is, is good for the game. Good for, you know, good for stuff that's going on. You know, I mean, I, it is a little unfortunate in that there is an awful lot of stuff that gets um, submitted to the newsletter and, uh, a lot of it never appears in the newsletter. Um, and, you know, sometimes you do kind of have a, a wonder as to, you know, really, you're not actually struggling for content because um, a lot of stuff's been submitted, but you, you're not featuring it. So, you know, it's the choices that they make, and obviously they, they want to promote the, the things that they see as best for the game. Oh, rant number two. Um <laughs> no, I, I will. It is the choice, you know. <laughs> I know, I know, I was joking. Um what I was going to say, actually, because you, you, you mentioned them promoting the game, uh, I, I read it somewhere, I don't have the link, unfortunately, that apparently Elite Dangerous is third at the moment in most played games on Xbox. So um, there you are, that's an achievement. Yeah, uh, number, one was, number one was Titanfall. I didn't know people were still playing that. I got that on PC, it's pretty cool. Right, okay. Um, right. Um, apart from that, there was... Okay, so they showed off CQCC. Is there meant to be two Cs in that? I don't know. I thought it was just called CQC. Yeah. Close Quarters yeah. Combat Championship. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. So, CQ double C, I think. Right. Okay, fine. Can you... Or well, seems you've played this, Crash. 
um, and nobody else has, because you're a special secret squirrel. Could you perhaps tell us, you know, is there something you can compare it to that's uh, something someone might have played? Can you, can you just, yeah. Sorry, but can you just check, <laughs> check your microphone there, Karash? There seems to be some squeeback squee coming through. Squeeback, <laughs> too much squee. Seems okay. No, no, it was a joke. Right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was genuinely checking that then. Thinking, hmm, there we go. Uh, never mind. Yeah, it, it's... I'm trying to think of... Probably Descent, I thought would be the closest comparison I can think of gameplay-wise. It is... Obviously, fast action combat's kind of like Quake style multiplayer, that kind of thing. Uh, but it, obviously, it's in space, three dimensional, six degrees of freedom. So it has got that kind of descent feel to it. Okay. Well, I, 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 I kind of remember playing Descent. And I mean, for me, it was an FPS more than a kind of combat flight thing. I don't know if everyone else got that vibe from it. But it was thoroughly enjoyable. So I suppose even if it captures any of that magic, it, it would be you know, worth a play, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it really does feel great to play. It's really fast, like, crazy action. Completely different feel to the rest of the game, I must admit. Uh, even when you do get into combat in, in the main game, this this just feels more frantic and, you know, just literally that competitive FPS-style gameplay that uh, people are going to love, I think. Okay, cool. So, nothing else to add then, or is it just a case of people are going to have to wait until... Oh, I thought the Xbox version was out end of this month. Yeah, yeah, uh, Xbox version should be coming uh, sometime in July. Uh, I don't know the exact date on it, but uh, Xbox players will get that first, and then it will be out for PC and Mac later in the year. I, again, I, I don't know the exact dates on it, um, but it, it will be great fun to play. I mean, I definitely, I mean, if Colin's up for it, I, I, I can play it on the Xbox with him. I like to give him a go, and uh, we can do a bit of review, give some feedback on that. Um, but I must say, though, I mean, <laughs> as I mentioned a couple of times before, I, I definitely don't want to play against the Frontier QAs again, because they are evil. <laughs> okay well hopefully you'll have some uh, con console noobs to play instead so okay well if we're finished with that gamescom in cologne in august um is there going to be an announcement there perhaps about pc a pc and mac players going to get some love who knows who knows indeed because they mm. have hinted haven't they that there is going to be a surprise but as usual, they didn't want to tell us what it was. They, they are very secretive, aren't they? Um, I, I don't know what they might announce there at all, unfortunately. I would like to, just like everyone else. But um, at every opportunity when they kind of say these things and they start talking, I've, I've just turned around and said, nope, don't want to know. I want the surprise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they didn't say whether it's a good surprise or a bad surprise. It could be a bad surprise. They could say that they're going to, you know, delay CQCC, you know, indefinitely or something like that. Um, but we will see. Um, <laughs> I'm let's, not going to take the cheap shot there. <laughs> let's not, yeah, let's, let's not spec speculate negatively as well. That's <laughs> even worse. I'm just trying to be, I'm trying um, to be fair and balanced. I'm sure. Maybe they'll cancel the FPS mode or something like that. Oh, um, Ben, you totally went there. <laughs> I think Ben was the one that got my joke, never mind. Um, okay. Um, so, there was an interview with the CQ double C designers. Now, I haven't actually read this, um, because, to be honest, I've been finding it hard to keep up with all the stuff with the E3. Um, so, does, any, does anybody have any thoughts on what was actually put in the interview? Or, you know, is it still a case of you're better off just waiting to play it yourself? The only real thought that I had about it was, after what Karash was saying about it being more like 
classic Unreal Tournament or Quake or something like that. Yeah, I, I've, the thing that I've always loved about those games is that you get in and you're basically, everybody's on an equal footing. And then you grab the rocket launcher or the shotgun or whatever your favorite ship, your favorite weapon is. And then you die and you're back to square one again and everything's, everything's nice and even. Uh, whereas modern day shooters, they've all kind of trended more towards an RPG kind of a element where you, you, you play for 50 bazillion hours and you get to have a better gun. Mm. And I've never really been a fan of that model. Yeah, I mean, personally, and just to, I don't know whether this exists in it or, or not, but I had, um, I used to play a lot of, uh, what do you call it, uh, Modern Warfare Call of Duty, just yeah. because, you know, it's what we had on the Xbox. Um, but then I suddenly, uh, I mean, I used, I used to play Battlefield year, two years ago on the PC, and I rediscovered my love of this kind of class-based um, first-person shooter. You know, you could mm-hmm. be a medic or you could be a sniper. I don't know if that kind of concept exists in it or whether it's just like, you know, the old Doom where you pick up better guns or better, you know, speed or things like that. It's it's kind of a bit of both, really. Um, So there is kind of a concept of classes. I think it's been mentioned a few times in in the interviews and stuff like that that the Sidewinder is is effectively a a tank class because it's the biggest ship that you can fly and you can kit it out with different upgrades to make it, you know, tougher and meaner ship. And then you go uh, down to the Eagle, which is almost like the DPS, and then the Federal Fighter is more like the scout to run in and capture the flag and bring it back out really quickly, that kind of thing. So there is is that. Um, There's also the idea of unlocks and earning XP and stuff, which kind of... uh, Oh, you're joking! What? What do you mean? You've got unlocks and earning XP. That's yeah. stuff that I explicitly dislike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but I think I think it's based on matchmaking. Uh, well, that part wasn't in the game when I saw it, but I think they're going to work on based on matchmaking oh, I don't kind want of stuff. That crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a big, big fan of a level playing field, and when you've got mm. things like that, leveling and unlocking, that just destroys the level playing field. Yeah. So I'm with Ben. That is a big thumbs down from me. I'm disappointed. So, <laughs> well, well, at, the, at the time I saw it, I mean, it, it was a menu option. I have no idea how it's going to be. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it may still change. But at the time, uh, I mean, it was a big dev op- menu option. I could go in and I could pick any one of the loadouts and play around with it. So, uh, yeah. Lord knows what it's going to be like when it finally hits. I have no idea. It's, well, it's, you know, I don't want to get on a soapbox about this because I, I could probably go on for hours about it. But ultimately, you know, it's PvP. It sounds like it's designed to be a competitive game, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, a competitive game cannot be one that is not a level playing field. I think that's a pretty obvious statement. And yet, companies, games companies, are always developing games where you go in as a noob and you've got to unlock stuff. You don't have a level playing field. So it's just so bizarre. So, I don't know. Hopefully, they may see the light. Fingers crossed there. One thing that I did like, though, is that you've got the idea of power-ups and things like that with the stealth, the speed boost, the damage booster and an instance shield recharge ring. And it looks from the video that it looks like they're rings or something that you fly through and you get, like, weapon boosts or, or sneakiness or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So they, they are physical uh, objects, they're solid rings, so if you clip the damn things, they will <laughs> cause you some pain. Uh, okay. And, yeah, they, they, they give you that kind of instant boost. So it was really fun watching as, as the guys were playing it because you, you'd have that everyone was kind of racing after the flag carrier suddenly the flag carrier or someone near him gets the damage boost and then they all kind of disperse and all try and get the heck out of there. It's like, ah! So it completely changes the gameplay as uh, people pick up the power-ups, which is cool. That sounds good. You know, I, I like that idea. Um, and I, one thing I liked as well is that they're talking about the, the smaller maps and mm-hmm. the line of sight issues. 
Oh, yes. Yes, so that was something that came out of the gameplay uh, just dynamically as they were testing it. Uh, as, as they were... Because what they really want to do, the whole it's close quarters, that's what they're trying to do. So, um having these maps where you fly in through these corridors and you, you it, it kind of felt odd that you can maintain lock on everyone all the way through. So they, they added the feature in that as soon as you lose line of sight, the lock goes and it starts to fade. Uh, if you get it back in a few seconds, then it will snap back into place. But you, it kind of encourages people to fly and stick close to the walls of things and, and duck through passages you wouldn't normally risk going through and stuff like that. And it really does keep the gameplay fast and, and action-orientated, uh, which is quite fun. Okay, and I suppose as you mentioned the Federal Fighter, now I think originally that wasn't going to be a playable ship, but mm. it seems well suited, given how oh. small and nimble it is. Yeah, absolutely. It's fantastic fun to play, especially going through the corridors, because there's some which uh, you know are quite tricky to for the sidewinder to get down. Even I think in the in the center of one map there was like a big, uh, almost like a like a reactor core type thing, two metal prongs sticking below, and that was where the capture point was. And you could just about get a sidewinder through uh, vertically, <laughs> but much else wouldn't fit sort of thing. So having the Federal Fighter being able to zip through corridors that uh, even some of the other ships struggle, it really does uh, give that that ship a, a purpose in the game, which is quite nice. Okay, so uh, the notes say there's going to be two to four maps initially. I suppose I suppose that's enough, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, with. The, the, the maps are quite varied in themselves. They do take a while to learn the layout of them because they're they're three dimensional, you know. So it does take a little bit longer to to understand all the layers in it and stuff. Um, plus, you can play in three different modes as well. So yeah, well, I'm just glad they're not two dimensional because that would have really sucked. Um, <laughs> okay, um, I know what you were trying to say. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> the gameplay of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so um, yeah, okay. So as you said, QA team kicks butt, and again, they want it as an eSport, but I'm going to say, how can you have an eSport if there's not a level playing field? Um, and, oh yeah, the, the big news for me was that it's going to be accessed via the main menu. Um, I mean, I wasn't sure what I was expecting, or what I wanted. I think originally I thought, oh, this would be a cool kind of instance that you could just come across and jump into, but I suppose if they do want it to be a, you know, a, a competitive, you know, eSport, then I suppose it does make sense to have it on the main menu. I think I basically took the same kind of route as you. I originally wanted it to be completely within the same universe, fully integrated, where we fly off to the arena system, whatever it would be called, and take part in these games and then we'd get back on with the rest of our lives. Or, at the very least, maybe you dock up and you log into their... Oh, like the simulator, because I think it's been mentioned it's basically they're pretending it's a simulator. One of the things I think they mentioned in the interview was they want anybody to be able to do it. So, if you need to be able to log in and dock, how are you going to do that if you're out near um, Sirius or something like that, or, you know, if you're out in the middle of nowhere exploring, you can't play your close quarter, quarter combat. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess the menu thing gives. Well, and but it I... does really make it discreet. It's really obvious that it's mm -hmm. meant to be a separate game mode. And so, uh, you know, it's not going to lead anyone down the path of thinking that stuff's going to be transferable or anything like yeah. that, I guess. But I want my one elite universe, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> And everyone ruining it for you. No, because they'd still be able to go in and play in these areas. Just that's you know that's a little set aside area. They can go play it there, and it's fine. Mm. You see, yeah. I I don't mind the idea of it being a simulator. Um, I would have preferred 
it's something where you you dock at a space station and you go go to the bar and you find the console in the corner and you you know you 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 log into the system and effectively it becomes a a game within a game. Uh, you know, I'm afraid that all of the the sort of suggested content um, is probably not appealing to me in the slightest. The only thing, I mean, the only the only comment I'd make is that Mario Kart is the best example of a, of a game like this. And if I was, you know, I mean, I I don't program, obviously, I don't know the you know the the ins and outs of doing so. But if I was looking to design a game that was a bit of fun and was kind of a bolt on quick play for a bit, you know, enjoy it, then get out and do the real business of space trading or whatever else, then it would be Mario Kart I'd be looking at. And it does sound like that some of the things that have been discussed kind of sound like they've, you know, like they've, they've thought about that, that they've, they've linked that way. Although, as, as you say, John, you know, levelling and what have you, it's not really very Mario Kart, is it? Well, it's it's just not very competitive in, the ter- in, in terms of what competition means. It means that it's fair, and I just don't think that it is. But, you know, never mind. Um... Anyone else got anything to say before I move on? I do have one question, possibly for John, but maybe other people know. Are all the maps and all the stations actually hand-drawn, as it were? Or is there still an element of procedural generation going on? Kind kind of 50-50, yeah. I mean, they're they're designing the shape and size of them so that they they fit well with the game modes they're supposed to be representing. But, yeah, all of the elements that make up the structures are procedurally generated, yeah. Oh, Good answer. Good question. I was just thinking, actually, what you really want is instead of having a simulator in a station, you just have one in your ship. So you have a rift in your ship, so you can play rift whilst you're in a rift playing rift. Oh, that's so <laughs> right. oh, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That works. <laughs> and then you can do one extra exploring. You know, as long as <laughs> yeah, as long as it's as long as it's initialized and actually, then you're parked up. Um, yeah. Of course, then you'll end up with the the design floor of I'm being attacked in my ship. <laughs> you don't play open. But that would be you that know, would actually uh, be really interesting, don't you think? Yeah, it's a bit of a that. I'd love to get I, I'd love to get blown up whilst I was playing in a simulator, <laughs> blowing people. I think that I think that's wonderful. I'd, I you know I've said before I love to lose, and and I think that design wise that that's fantastic. But I can just see whinging. You know, I can see players would whinge about it. I wouldn't. I, I'd love it, but players would win. I would actually, I vote for Alan's idea. It'd be cool going into a bar and there's like an old-fashioned arcade cabinet with like, you know, with the old 80s pew sounds. Yeah, yeah, and then you, you log in and then <laughs> there you are. That'd be so cool. Uh, this is the kind uh, of thing that I think would be ideal for the FPS mode, though. Um, what, the arcade machine? Yeah, walking up to a bar and going into an arcade machine and things like that. Well, no, I... Uh, it's begging for. Yeah, no, I do hope that the FPS actually is meaningful in-game. I want it to be optional, because I know not everyone's keen on it, but I want it to be meaningful in-game, because that could be that could be something special. Oh, I think we've all said that, or I know, I, I've definitely said that I basically want this to be Grand Theft Auto in space. Yeah, well, I um, think I'd go with that, but I don't think everyone would, would share that analogy. No, I, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Not ne- not exactly Grand Theft Auto in space, but I want to be able to dock up at Lay Station and explore Lay Station, and for the to be things for me to get and see, mm. and for I, the I, to be shady characters <laughs> who I can interact with, who give me men missions, for the to be Commander Alan Stride to be there and tell me I need you to go out and do this for Lisa. I, I want all I these can, things. Yeah, I think I can see your point, but unfortunately, the there are certain as- aspects of GTA which I wouldn't want to see in in. You know, they don't think fit Elite Dangerous as a design. And similarly, what you've just described actually 
was pretty much everything that they put into the last thing in the X series, but it was terrible. So, it, you know, it needs to be done in such a way as it feels and works right. And of course, they, they've said that. You know, I mean, David did say quite clearly, you know, we're not going to do it until we can do it right. So, yeah. you know, I mean, you, you kind of have a bit of faith in on that um despite our, our our evening cynicism and grumpiness we we still have the faith we still have the faith i'm not cynic- cynical or anything like that no 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 john and i are though so uh, <laughs> it's coming across I... so we uh, we want to make uh, make it perfectly plain despite that john is saying this evening that he wants to be balanced i want to make <laughs> it plain that there's still some faith there you know i i'm still i still believe I mean, one of the things I would love to do, and I know you'd hate this, is I want to be able to shut out your ship's engines, fight my way to your bridge, shoot you in the back of the head, and steal your ship. No, and I, I know that, that would never ever happen. Fine. I think, I, you know, but the I, I wouldn't hate that in the slightest. But um, it, the, I think you're perhaps misinterpreting what I mean by the elements that are in GTA. There are okay, certain well, things what in GTA. You like, then? Um, well, GTA uses stereotypes. GTA uses uh, it has a, an atmosphere that is of its of its style to try and create this sort of edgy gangster um, uh, gender rolled uh, world, which I think is problematic and certainly isn't elite. And I, I'd, I'd like to see something that is much more um, much more embracing of different you know uh, different types of character um, and different choices in relation to that. And I think elite does do that. You know, elite has has a good reputation of doing that. Um, which GTA doesn't. Yeah, so Alan's saying no hookers in GTA, in uh, Elite, unfortunately. Okay, well, that, that's fine, that's fine. Um, oh, somebody did bring something up in the chat room just now, and I thought it was a good question. Um, oh, I can't, I've lost it now. Um, Arkimbaust, sorry, yes, that's it. He asked, will there be a spectator mode in CQC? No, I don't know if you know the answer, Crash, but I think if it's going to be a, a competitive game, I think that would be a pretty useful feature. Uh, it was suggested. Uh, a couple of people did mention it, but they they weren't talking about it at that time. Okay. <laughs> so that's a, that's a wait and see kind of thing. Um, okay, so yeah, um, there was a soundbite, as I said earlier. Um, apparently the Elite Dangerous team is bigger than ever, and the majority are working on something secret for PC and Mac. Uh, but as I said... And the, Crash will the... tell us all about that now! <laughs> Squeeze! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately not. Uh, apparently, as I said, yeah, they're going to maybe come up with something for us at Gamescom. So, ooh, can't wait. Something, something to look forward to, at least. Um, okay, so, uh, senior producer Q&A. Um, sorry, senior producer. Is that not uh, Michael Brooks? The, no. Um, sorry. Games, the Xbox One senior producers are doing a Q&A, and they're basically begging for questions. Right, okay. Uh, Zach Antonacci is his name. Uh, I didn't realise there was a separate uh, team for it, but I guess that makes sense. Um, so there was... Uh, wh- when is that? Has that happened? Or is it going to be in the future? I don't know. I think Zach kind of messed up the communication here, because I've not seen when. Um, I might have missed it, but I haven't seen when when that is. Uh, it just okay. seems they're asking for questions. All right, fine. Well, if anyone's got questions, jump over to the Frontier Forums and they'll take them, hopefully, if we haven't missed it. Right, well, I think we should go on to the main discussion for tonight. That's why we decided to invite the lovely Karen along. Oh, is it time to wake up? It's time to wake up, Karen. (laughs) Yay! So put the bag of crisps down and the gin and tonic. (laughs) 
Um, you were kind enough to come along to a previous podcast, and you did a good job of exciting everybody what's been what's coming up at LaveCon 2015. Uh, but I think we're going to try and go into a bit more depth about certain things, most likely the things that we're personally most excited about. So once again, thank you very much, Karen, for putting in all of the effort and all of the hours to make it happen. Um, it's no problem. To, we're going to have to <laughs> buy you some flowers or something. I don't know. Like, do, you, do you like flowers? I hate flowers. I, I like flowers. I also like chocolate and I accept gin. Gin. Right. Okay. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no problem. I'm sure we can work something out. Okay. So, LaveCon, first up, guys. Um, maybe we can kind of frame the whole of what's going to be happening this year in terms of what happened last year. Now, personally, I thought last year was pretty awesome. I mean, we went from what was in the, the first LaveCon, which was a very small affair, which was kind of arranged quite at the last minute. I mean, it was still quite successful. We still had a great time. Lots of people turned up. Um, but it was a whole different um, kettle of fish last year. Again, Karen put in all the legwork and made it happen. We had a massive venue and lots of stuff going on, including a LAN. And I think if we can, if we can replicate that, we should be pretty happy with ourselves, but I'm actually pretty optimistic that we're going to outdo ourselves. So, um, anybody have any thoughts on last year's LaveCon and, and what you, you know, what you think we should be maintaining? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, obviously, the venue was huge. Conference center, you know, making use of a conference center to do what we were trying to do, did very much have the focus on on elite. And at the time, if you recall, we were in beta, so you know. It was a, a nice opportunity to get lots of people together to play, swap tips. Um, the speed docking, if you remember, the speed docking was a great addition on the Sunday, which hopefully we can run a little bit more of that this time, see if we can get some of those records down. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was a, 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 a huge sort of entertaining time for, for two days where a bunch of us that don't get to see each other, you know, all year, finally get to sort of let our hair down and, and, and chat and talk about the things that we care about. And I think the lovely thing this time is that we've got a venue that's that much more comfortable because despite the fact the conference centre was a lovely you know, lovely place and, and nice and big, the Sedgebrook, ah, oh, you know, the tickets with meals and tea and coffee and, and everything else, you know, you've got you've got such a an opportunity to just really chill out. And I used to go to Gelcon for a number of years. I used to go to Gelcon up at um, Clondorf Castle, and they they've moved the venue since. When they had it at Clondorf Castle, Karen and I used to go there, and we would book a room in the castle, and we would do the convention. And actually, that's kind of what we're trying to do with LaveCon, to try and get that same kind of really relaxed, nice, you know, weekend away where you can enjoy stuff okay yeah i mean it makes sense i mean you know if you look at the tickets you might think well you know it's it's um you know it's not like a, a simple day ticket it does cost a bit more but when you think about how you, you know with the is it the silver the gold tickets you know you get your, your meals bundled in you're not going to have to worry about buying drinks and things like that during the day I think it's pretty good value for money, considering the amount of entertainment that's going to be on offer. So, anybody else want to uh, talk about last year's LeafCon? So, I, I think what uh, Alan was trying to say there is this: this year, it's more going for more of an imperial theme, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> more luxury and opulence. <laughs> oh, no, I, I do think we need to try and actually do a podcast from the spa. 
I'm quite quite slightly self-conscious about my body. I don't know if I want. I didn't say it had to be video. Oh right. Well, I I don't know if I want uh, you gazing upon me. It's hey, if you're careful, we'll get uh, James Viger coming along. No, okay, don't go there. Ben is going to do a podcast from the spa on his own, with his own equipment. That, that could be fine. Which he is going to wrap in plastic bags. <laughs> Safe podcasting. I like that. I like that. <clears throat> Somebody throw in the toaster, and you know we'll drag Ben out. Everything's good. That'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 will, that will definitely be a Twitch. <laughs> a Twitch stream. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, one less, one less microphone required for the final uh, <laughs> podcast. Okay, all right then. Well, we'll move on. So, do you want to talk a bit about the themes? Yeah, I mean, we've got um, five different themes this year. Last year, to some extent, very much majored on the sort of elite dangerous content, which it is. We are going to have a lot of, of course, going forward. But we've also, in in addition to the computer games, we've got tabletop board and card games. We've got live role-play and cosplay, we've got tournaments, and we've got books and writing. So, lots going on. Okay, cool stuff. Well, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's quite a mixed batch, right? I think everything that we're, <coughs> you know, games-wise that we're looking at is stuff that we've pretty much talked about on the podcast, or it's kind of space-related, you know, as you said last week, we've got Artemis there. But also, there's a couple of Chaos Reborn fans on there, so we've made the effort with that as well but we'll come to that in a minute so we will be recording a live podcast i have no idea what we're going to talk about apart from squeeing over who from frontiers turned up and how amazing everybody is um but i'm sure it'll be informative um i might have even played the game by then um are we going to actually do the whole live live radio cast in, in a single kind of podcast all of it big sidewinder well, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm sure we're going to have enough microphones. Um, I think well, Grant's to, got that one in the bag. To, to be fair, I might I might sort of have to fly in and fly out, because if you look at my schedule for the weekend, um, I think there needs to be three of me to manage everything I'm doing. So um, it <laughs> might be a case of, hi, yeah, I'm here, and then, and, you know, kind of leaving somebody else to do the do the show, as it were. Yeah, so if you see any of Alan's clones around, don't harm them. He needs their organs at some stage. Um, Okay, fine. Um, So we're going to have Frontier Paddles. Um, The people from Frontier weren't put off by last year's event. They weren't scared away by the the fans. They will be returning. And can we have a reminder of who has has confirmed? Yeah, we have um, Michael Brooks. We have um, Chris Gregory... And we have Edward Lewis, who are all there officially with their Frontier hats on. We've also got Sarah Jane Avery and um, Mike Evans is coming along, but I think he's coming along with his family, so he'd like to chill out and take it easy. So feel free to buy him a beer, but perhaps don't don't give him any grief. (laughs) Yeah, all the other Frontier staff, feel free to give them grief, but... But not him. He's there yeah. on his own time. Okay, that, that, that seems fair. Yeah, that's the takeaway message from this. Okay, I'm Great. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you know if Zach's coming along as well then? If who? Sorry, Zach, the new community guy as well. Um, I've not heard from him, but I'm waiting for Ed Lewis to sort of confirm the final list. So right. I, I won't say he's not coming, but I haven't <laughs> haven't been given that name as yet. 
Okay, cool. Uh, well, as I said earlier, there's going to be Chaos Reborn featured. Um, we wanted, I think we wanted to do this last time, um, but I don't think it was in, a, in, in the right shape. But now Chaos Reborn's really uh, gone strength to strength. It's available on Steam. It's still in alpha. It hasn't got all of the, um, all of the features. Um, we never know. There might be more features online by the time LaveCon happens. Um, but we're going to be doing a tournament. Um, and we're going to be doing multiple tournaments, I should say, because it's going to happen on both Saturday and Sunday. I'm responsible for organising it, so I'm going to be trying to get people to sign up for it. So, yeah, so I was in Bulgaria last week, and I was working with Julian and the team on um, on the next sort of development of Chaos Reborn, which is the single-player campaign. So now the sort of uh, the release dates, the beta testing, and the other bits and pieces related to that, we're still discussing so to work out exactly what's coming over for LaveCon. So I think John, you'll you'll probably be chatting to him in the next few days to to work out what he wants us to do and what what he wants us to bring and you know what we're actually going to to showcase. Certainly the the multiplayer wizard battling is you know is is absolutely down and is is great fun. The single player campaign. Very interesting. You're going to see a few innovations uh, related to that and also ways in which they've managed to incorporate players making more content uh, in terms of what they're producing. So, yes, that will be very, very cool. Uh, I'm not sure, as I say, I, I don't know what build he wants to, to showcase, though, so it's going to depend on their release dates. They were looking at some release dates literally in the days before LaveCon, so, so it might be that something will be available, but we'll, we'll have a look. Um, I would just add, though, the wonderful thing about going over and working with them, and I've never had this with any other um, company that I've worked with. I, I literally sat in while they were coding, sat right next to them, made suggestions, um, and added, added my creative ideas. It was lovely, you know, really, really lovely, really open, great group, went out for a meal um, and then went out in the evening for a meal and uh, and then flew home the next day so yeah it was it was a very you know very, very hands-on experience um for for me you know being part of what they're producing and it's a great little game you know it's really competitive it's fun if you've not played it it's totally different experience to elite dangerous and i think it's it's a great addition to lavecon and having julian there you know he's yeah i mean he's a he's an icon we can we can pick his brains on all sorts of stuff yeah. Um, well, first of all, I'd just like to point out as well that Chaos Reborn is actually a purely fair, um, level playing field game. Uh, so it really is suited to uh, competitive play in tournaments and stuff. Uh, there's no leveling up really um, in in the game mode which you go in you, you go into and everyone's equal. I mean, there are game modes where you can play with your own kit and stuff like that, but the the actual competitive mode is completely fair. So big thumbs up from me on that one. Obviously, the good news is Julian Gollop is going to be at LaveCon. He's a big hero of mine. You know, I was a big, big fan of his games, Chaos in particular. So it's going to be great having him there. He, he's he's there both days, isn't he? He is. He's there all weekend. So it's great. Awesome. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and not do a, um, a crash squee every time he's you know near me. I'll try and just <laughs> buy him a beer and, and then leave him alone so it doesn't look like I'm stalking him or anything. That's gonna be quite cool. Um, I think he's on a on a panel as well. He's he's gonna be doing a games development panel. Yeah, he's he's on our making games panel, um, which would be brilliant to get his kind of perspective on on how that sort of creative process works. So I think yeah, he's a really good person to kind of get on that subject and pick his brain yeah no i'm definitely looking forward to that 
So, yeah, if you're a big Chaos fan or you're a big fan of XCOM, stuff like that, Julian Gollop's going to be there, so uh, definitely worth, uh, you know, a punt on a ticket in, in case you might meet him in the bar. Okay, next we're going to move on to what is, our, what I like to think is our big reveal, which is Away Team, a game developed by Alan, and I kind of have a little bit with it, I'd like to think. Or well, I certainly will have helped him out by the time we get to LeafCon. Alan, maybe you can enlighten people a bit more about what you're planning. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's interesting in that um, actually I had a chat with Julian about it over dinner while I was I was out in Bulgaria, and um, we talked through the mechanics. It's it's essentially it's it's a board game that I've I've worked on for a little while. I'm hoping to uh, to get the the playtest version ready for LaveCon so that people can can have a go at it. You're working on the database at the moment, so I'm kind of hoping you're going to finish off some stuff. And essentially the, the, the playthrough is you pick a character from a uh, an away team, an away team from the spaceship Vindicator, and um, you get sent into a derelict spaceship, and you find what's in there, or you you gradually or the spaceship finding all sorts of little things. Eventually, you find the source of the problem, why it's a derelict, so on and so forth. And that triggers a scenario, and you, you have to try and win the game. And, of course, all the characters that you're playing have been, well, they're caricatures of most of the, the Lave Radio team so, and other people I know. So uh, so they, they all have, John, you're, you're playing an engineer, or your character's an engineer. Grant's a, a biologist. Ben is an android Karash is an android. So, you know, there's, there's an option to select your team, explore the spaceship, find out what happens, and then try and win the, the scenario by the end. The innovation, the, the, the thing that we've, we've got that's a bit different, perhaps, is that it uses this database to generate the scenario based on what you've put down as a board. So you put down, you know, sort of things, and it, it then generates the scenario based off of that. Um, I think if you're a board game player, it's probably a bit of a cross between Zombicide and the trail at the house on the hill. So, so yeah. Cool. Yeah, so if you've ever wanted to play an incompetent second technician, um, this, that's the game <laughs> for you, definitely. Yeah, he features. <laughs> the nice thing, of course, and you guys have seen this over the last couple of weeks, I've been doing the entry sections for the database, and it's when it spits out the end scenario, it spits out, sort of dialogue that's been said by particular characters so i've been kind of writing funny dialogue i think it's funny <laughs> funny dialogue for for each of the characters to, to sort of say and of course second tech is is very easy to write dialogue for yeah it's just lots of screaming and things like that isn't it yeah okay right um the next thing on the list is star sovereign oh right this is this is me this is my bit okay Karen, Karen is Karen is busy switching around the yeah. literally just so listeners know while we're live. Karen is on the show notes and has decided right while John was trying to do the intro to switch around to uh, the features. So yeah. poor John has just been thrown. <laughs> yeah, but otherwise it was more Alan. It, it, otherwise it was more Alan talking. We're bored of that. Let's have someone else talk. <laughs> okay, oh, what's, What's, what's Star Sovereign, John? Tell us about uh, that. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I, I get the feeling I've talked enough on this show. I'm waiting for complaints on Facebook. But okay, um, yeah, so Star Sovereign is something of my own creation. Um, I, I, I dare say that people will play it and, and say this is derivative of something, but I'm not quite sure what. So it's basically what I call um, 
it's it's a live action role playing game, but I like to call it a, a live negotiation role playing game because the main focus is on uh, negotiating with fellow players. So to give you kind of a flavour of, of what it's about is that there's up to 28 star systems, each one represented by an ambassador. You can work as a partnership with a friend if you want. So you know potentially there's 56 uh, people playing it if they all uh, partner up. Uh, and so you've got uh, this scenario where you've got all of these systems uh, and you've got these three factions, which you'll have heard of, uh, the Federation, um, uh, the Empire, and the Alliance. And these three powers attempt to kind of take over all of the independent systems, which are represented by these ambassadors. And so it's a very simple game in, the, in what people's actions are. They only have one decision to make per turn, which is do they do nothing? and keep whatever wealth they've generated and add it to their score, or do they want to engage in a war somewhere where, so they can build a, um, a kind of squadron of ships and deploy them somewhere and help shape the, the boundaries on the map? So basically it's, it's about talking to the other ambassadors and trying to come up with an agreement or a strategy so that you all make money, because obviously war represents a chance, uh, an opportunity to make more money and so they want to get in on that. So it gives players, um, first of all, it gives them a chance to work together. But secondly, there is a competitive side to it as well. And people will be tempted to stab each other in the back. That might appeal to a certain section of people. That's pretty much it. I mean, there's a lot I can talk about, but, you know, that's the flavor I want people to, to take away with. If it's something that interests you, I highly recommend you sign up for it very early on the first day. Because I think I'm only running it once and it, it's um, quite limited in players. So, uh, yeah, that's about all i got to say on it, really. So, what is The Stars Will Fall? Well, it's interesting, really, in that uh, I think you and I had similar ideas. I actually I put this, um, put this together as a freeform that uh, I wanted to run quite early on when we, we started discussing LaveCon content. Essentially, this is a character-based game where players who sign up will go into a room for I think it's about three hours it's scheduled to run, and it's set in a galactic empire where the empire uh, the emperor has died, and there has to be a decision amongst the characters in the room who represent all the different galactic powers and all the different galactic interests to either elect a new emperor or to for the you know for the uh, the, the the empire to descend into civil war, and it, it breaks down into three phases which the character that you play will have uh, different levels of ability to influence those three different phases. You may find that you have a character who is stronger in the first phase, weaker in the second one, or stronger, and, you know, and so on and so forth. But ultimately, the decisions of the three phases then make the outcome of the main campaign. Now, this is kind of based a little bit like the free forms that, as I say, Karen and I have been to Galcon a few times, and Galcon is very much a feature of Galcon is the, the free forms where you get to, to play these characters to brief in a, in a set time period. Those will be revealed to players there and then at a time. There will be a period of time for you to select, decide which one you're playing. Once you have your character, then the game is orchestrated um, in that period of time. And you're drawn to the vote and to the, to the mechanics at, at each phase. At the end, there's a prize for the best role-played character over the three periods and the most successful role-played character. You can choose to come in costume. You can choose to not come in costume. But it does 
you, you find that because you're all playing these parts with each other and trying to negotiate with each other, it really gets quite immersive and quite interesting. And it's certainly, certainly a, a very political PvP kind of uh, thing as well. Okay. No, it definitely sounds interesting. I mean, just to talk about like the characters in Star Sovereign, they are actually, when you sign up and you get given a sheet, you get to basically name the star system that you're going to be representing, and you get to create your own character mm. profile, which will just basically be, who are you, what's your name, and mm. what is your persona, you know, because an ambassador isn't just necessarily a politician, it could be somebody with, you know, some other kind of day job and they're just there because they've been picked to, to represent that star system or whatever so when you say that people are given characters i mean how much of that will be kind of preset by you know ahead of time yeah no that's i write all 30 of the characters so um they are all preset in terms of you know these are the traits of this person this is what this person's like and then you you make a decision to play that person as you as you want to and then you interact with the others uh, the phases work in terms of particular aspects of the society. So there's a military phase, there's a religious phase. You know, the, the religious court will decide which of the candidates for the empire, for the, new, for the throne that they are backing. The military powers will decide which of the characters for the throne they are backing. And the political uh, powers will decide which of the characters. For, do, do you see what I mean? That's the three phases. And, of course, there's a bit of sort of horse trading to try and work out whether you've got enough people in terms of uh, stuff. So, so yeah, um, I, I should mention the, there is a distinct difference between freeform and LARP. They are not the same thing in any way, shape or form. Uh, LARP is, is much more, um, you, know, you, you design your character. So what you're talking about with what you were saying about designing your own character is, is much more the sort of the, the emphasis of LARP. And then, then you go off into a game that is, is kind of, uh, centered around your character, whereas uh, freeforms tend to be more prescribed. Um, although there are crosses, you know, there are times when you have a, a you know a, a LARP that that kind of does that. But also costume tends to be a trapping of LARP, whereas uh, freeforms tend to be you know uh, more more sort of well, I, I I accept that you know that this is you know this is how it's going to work. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, now, LARP is actually a big feature anyway of uh, LaveCon um, in general, and I kind of wanted to sell people on the idea of LARP. It's, it's something that maybe not a lot of people have done or even considered. I mean, what else is going to be going on um, at LaveCon which people can join in with? Well, in terms of LARP or live-action roleplay or live roleplay, if you prefer, the various acronyms all apply. Um it's essentially it's where you become the character. So instead of being on a computer game or a screen and saying and you know moving your your avatar through the the game, you're actually there. You're acting it out. You're physically interacting with with other characters. And we've got a, a number of things going on that are either LARP or draw from LARP. Alan obviously referred to the freeform game, but even um, this sort of Artemis game, which I know we talked about in a previous podcast, has an element of LARP in it. In the Yes, you're there, you've got a computer, you've got the information coming in, but actually you're you're kind of acting out what the, the character would do. So if you're doing the Artemis um, game, you are being the weapons person, you are being the engineer, you're taking on those, those roles. Um, so Alan's talked a little bit 
about one of the games he's running and we have another game that somebody else has written for the event where it's it's looking at the politics it's looking at negotiations so you take on that character and 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 play out those scenarios but we've also got um another side of of a lot of live action role play games is combat um is fighting with with LARP weapons and a LARP weapon is one that essentially has a solid core but then has foam and latex on it to make it look beautiful and also making it nice and soft to hit each other with or at least that's the theory so we have something called Jugger which if you've ever seen the film Salute to the Jugger is a LARP version of the game played there so it's essentially it's a team game you've got weapons, you've got a number of hit points, and you've got to try and get the ball to the other end of the pitch. Yeah, I've seen a video of this. It kind of looks like rugby with chains and like poles and things. Yeah, it it, it is very similar. Um, the the methods we play tend to have less full body combat than most most rugby matches, <laughs> but um, but still, but you know, obviously weapon contact. So yeah, it's it either more or less violent depending how you look at it you're less likely to be thrown to the floor but you might be beaten around the head um the the german versions do have these huge flails um we won't be using those they're <laughs> quite dangerous the the weapons that are ascribed for each team there's a there's a set of weapons for each team and um the idea is then pick up the skull and you've got to get the skull into the bin at the other end within the time limit whoever scores the most goals you know, wins the match and it's great fun really really great fun so yeah um, so, so you've played this then Alan yeah yeah I've played for a number of years I used to be a quick until I got slow which is the, the, the person who picks up the skull and runs and then after that I was a blitzer which is the guy that you, you give him the pole arm so he's the main sort of uh, fighty guy in the middle and uh, yeah you know I mean you take whichever role and of course you, you switch over um, depending on what people want to do, you could be the shield man. You can uh, you can be the line sort of fighters, which are just single sword. Um, and it, yeah, it's it's fantastic fun. It don't you know? Be aware, it's a contact sport. You are playing for about five or six minutes, and you will come off quite exerted. So so yeah, bear that in mind. Yeah, it's it's definitely a lot of fun, and it it shows a little bit of the things that people might do if they went for a weekend away at a live roleplay event but without having to commit to a whole weekend they can try it as you said for five or six minutes see if they like the sound of that try a bit of political negotiation in one of the other other games and really see what what if any of that type of hobby appeals to them so it's it's a good taster, if you like, for different things. And I think that's that's very much something that this weekend provides. It gives you a taster of lots of different types of games that you perhaps haven't played before um, without having to commit to a whole weekend of just that one one type of game. Okay, cool. Well, I, I mean, I definitely want to give it a go, but we shall see. I'm a little soggy around the middle, so I don't know how fast I'll be running around. Well, we, Ben is just laying down the, the, the challenge of the, the Orange Sidewinder versus the versus Frontier at Jugger. <laughs> if, they, if they've got a team, you know, if they can put five people on the, on the pitch, if we're doing fives or sevens, then yeah, you know, by all means. I can't see them winning, I'm afraid. <laughs> Oh dear, that's uh, fighting talk. Uh, that is definitely <laughs> fighting talk. Sure that, depends, sure, that depends on if anybody, if, if they bring in Mike Evans and anyone on the other team mentions your. <laughs> oh, it's true. Is, last, is there last a berserker? 
Uh, We've also got uh, Michael in his helmet, though, as well. Yeah, I was well, going to say, was... he's got a big metal helmet. That could be dangerous. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, it depends how, how far they stretch the frontier definition, because, you know, they could go and talk to Karash and say, well, actually, you work for us. And then they could try and talk, <laughs> they could try and talk to Kate, Drew and me and say, well, actually, you know, you guys, you're kind of... Of course, I'll say no and say, screw you, I'm, I'm going to beat the crap out of you. But, um, you know, it might be that they, yeah. they stretch the definition a bit far. I'm, I'm not sure whether I really hope that Frontier staff are listening or really hope the Frontier staff aren't listening. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm a bit torn. Yeah. Well, I mean, Alan didn't just throw down the gauntlet. He threw it down, <laughs> set fire to it with petrol and... <laughs> and then stamped on Playing Grand Theft Auto yeah. again, John. Yeah, sorry. No, I'm not. <laughs> Juggery is fantastic fun, you know. And I, I think it is something that people will, will get very quickly. What we'll do prior to that is we've got a couple of very experienced combatiers you know people who've have used live role playing weapons for a long period of time uh will do safety tests with with everybody that wants to take part give them a bit of an idea of how hard they can hit you know what's acceptable the way in which uh, the weapon works and how to use it properly and then and then let people loose you know let them try and, and see see how it goes and of course you know we'll, we've got referees on hand all the way through so we'll make sure that you know if anything's getting a little bit over the top calm everyone down and remember it's just Foam weapons and a game. Are we allowed to attack the referees? Yeah, Usually. sure, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Usually not, but yeah, well, you know, if Karen says, then um, you know, one of them's her, one of them's her brother, so I can see that, you know, see that. Cool. Um, well, we've mentioned different panels. I think I mentioned Julian Gollop's going to be on one. Perhaps we can talk about the different panels that are going to happening on, on are they all on saturday or we got some on sunday as well we've got some on both days we've got panels and talks of different different varieties and how much it's a panel how much a talk might depend on how excited people get with asking questions and how many people want to pile in into being a part of it rather than spectating as it were um but yeah we've 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 got a number of things going on um we've got a novels and fiction panel which would be a good chance to chat to some of the authors that are coming along during the day and we've got obviously john you're doing a a talk about video games the history of video games oh yeah that's the 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 history of violent video games Um, absolutely yeah i do a talk for the different skeptic groups around the uk and i've kind of toured it and i thought it was kind of relevant given that you know there's going to be a lot of gamers there um, so basically, it's just a just a look at you know video games through time, all the ones that have caused some kind of moral outrage, usually because of violence or sex and things like that. I talk about the games, why they were usually sometimes groundbreaking, you know how the technology enabled them to do what they did, and um, yeah, and then it's a look at the legal side and all the all the people that got upset by them. So uh, yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, we've also got Drew Wager is doing a now. This is what I call world building talk and demonstration which looks very exciting is he after alan's job well maybe i don't know i'm you know we may have to get get the lark weapons out and send them on a one-to-one you know duke it out see what what is it what, what is it with setting drew up against me drew that does this uh, quite a lot <laughs> and and now you're doing it you know which i i quite you know i'm i'm, I'm the peaceful guy i try really hard not to go anywhere near talking about Drew and how boring he is. 
oh. uh, how he drones on about, <laughs> no, about no, different no. things. I'm joking. I'm joking just, entirely. The, I just I meant think, the title, the world building. I was like, oh, sure. Does Alan know about this? Sure. Yeah. No, I, I think. I mean, Drew's got a, a slightly different take on this, and um, the stuff that I do, the stuff that you know, that obviously my my research and my my academic research and my my PhD is based on, is on uh, designing society, culture, um, history. What Drew's actually looking at is geography and you know, and essentially and physics and and the world itself. So it's actually it's it's about world simulation rather than population and nation simulation and you know, um, uh, I guess civilization simulation drew's looking at the the planet you know itself and looking at how to how to construct things that that fit what the the physics require for the planet to actually exist um ah, right and and that's what the demonstration is going to be about okay all right so stand down there's no there's no uh, <laughs> <laughs> no panic here no fire there's not gonna be any academic clashes at this conference <laughs> no no because no because he'd lose because i go get the pole arm from the jugger tournament <laughs> <laughs> i'm hoping see, to see more aggressive now john <laughs> no, i want to see drew what? in a jugger game what, what no, have you done you've just t- yeah you've just turned me into you know i've gone from being grumpy and now i'm now i'm all aggressive is, is there a nice middle ground somewhere can we have a nice positive friendly alan Maybe I shall work on that. Um, we've also Darren Gray, who you may know, is also doing a talk on procedural generation, if that's your, your cup of tea, which is exciting. I heard he just makes it up as he goes along. Um, <laughs> yeah. Give yourself a room shot. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, so that's good. We mentioned the um, as a, a Making Games panel, which we mentioned Earlier, we've got a, a gamers game panel. Too many games in these panels, I tell you. So yeah, there's lots of sort of um, different different takes on different different games and where they are and what was good and what wasn't. So it, it should, be, should, should be a pact. Yeah, I think we should mention as well in terms of the authors that are there. Um, we've got the you know, we've got Kate, myself, and uh, and Drew and Darren and Chris Jarvis. Um, so you know, those of us are, are there. There's a, perhaps a few other of the short story writers. But there's also Tim C. Taylor, there's Ian Waits from New Compress, there's Sarah Jane Avery, there's, you know, quite a lot of other writers. We have the Bard of Northampton, don't we, Karen? Um, she's actually the former Bard of Northampton. She was the first okay. Bard of Northampton, and she's now yeah. the um, current head of, my brain's gone blank, science fiction group. can't think what they're called. Alan, help me. Or the Northampton Northampton Science Fiction Writers. No, that, no, uh, as in the National Science Fiction. Oh, oh okay. Um, uh, do you mean the, the British Science Fiction yeah, Association? Yeah, that's the oh, one. Is she? Yeah. Oh, okay. Right, I didn't um, know if she was head of that. Absolutely. Um, so that's Donna. So she's coming along, which would be brilliant. I'm not 100 percent sure what a Bard of Northampton does or is. I'm hoping to to find out. I don't know whether it's poetry or what. I'm. Who knows? But um, hopefully we should find out and she can explain it, explain it to us. So that would be exciting. So, yeah, some, some really experienced writers. Um, I think you mentioned Tim Taylor, who does military mm-hmm. science fiction, and Ian Waits, who's done a variety of science fiction, but also publishes books as an independent press. So he's got a lot of experience in the world of, of publishing and books generally. So I think it will be really good to be able to pick their, pick their brains. Good stuff. Right, and now onto the main feature, the whole thing that it's about. Dockers. Grant, what yeah. is going to happen? <clears throat> well, yes, as obviously there's an awful lot of pressure being the, the headlining act. <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the pyramid stage, yeah. 
Yes, uh, well, I think you know it's, it's certainly it's one of these shows. It's it's kind of oh, well, how would you how would you describe the the, the humor? it's a marmite of shows. Yeah, I'm not trying, <laughs> trying to think. You know, it's 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 so highbrow that you can't flush it. No, it's so low low brow that you, yeah, it's a beard. It's essentially the goatee beard of comedy. Um, you know, it's liked by some and despised by others, but it paradises everything we can paradise about the elite dangerous universe. We, nothing is safe. Our, our main character is David Brubin, who, um, well, actually I've got a little, <laughs> I've got a little exclusive sample for you. So, I have to give you a slight warning. This does contain some strong language from the start and scenes of a sex. No, it doesn't have scenes of a sexual nature, but <laughs> Dockers often does. So he- that's the only warning you're going to get. But this is a wee sample to sort of wet you whistle of what might be happening at LaveCon this year. Oh, for fuck's sake, look, anyone got a plan they can actually tell us and doesn't involve members of Lave Radio? And that was a little sample of Mr. Brubin himself. <laughs> well, we're honoured to have him on the show. I mean, it's great that he's taking the time to, to do that soundbite for us. Away from his game development. But yes, we, we're going to have a live uh, cast of Dockers there. We're missing a few members, so there's an opportunity for people who are there on the night and are up that late on the Saturday night. You have to stay up to midnight. I think you're up just before us, John, with your, your, um, your mass argument. Uh, uh, role play game. <laughs> so, <laughs> Don't call it that. You'll put people off. They'll think it's just basically the internet in a room. It's not. It's it's, <laughs> it's meant to be far nicer. Than you that. need to call it flounce. So yeah, yeah flounce. So after John uh, has finished his, we'll be assembling a cast and we'll be looking for volunteers. So if you're up for taking one of the small parts of the Dockers live read-through, we'd be more than happy to have you as part of our cast for the evening. And yeah, it should be a lot of fun. We've got a couple of little surprises. We've got... uh, We're hoping to have... I'll go to use that word in case anything goes wrong. We have to divert our plans. But we're hoping to have a live sound foley. So that should be extremely exciting, I hope. And I'm looking forward to it. It's actually, you know, really quite excited. We've got the script. It's written. It's finalised. It's inappropriate. It's awful. It's wonderful. It's all these things. But you have to be there. Oh, and even more importantly, it will be live streaming on the twitch.tv forward slash lave radio channel and I think we're hoping to stream an awful lot of the content of the day in the main room so that's something so if you can't be there or you've mistakenly gone to your bed early set an alarm for midnight and you can catch it yeah it is happening a bit late sorry about that I I know that uh, I had a hand in that but um, I'm hoping to take part myself as long as I'm not put opposite James Vigor (laughs) (laughs) I think it's I think it being so late is probably going to be a good thing because it just means that people be slightly merry when it comes round to it and that 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 will help with the humour it's it's a wonderful way to end the evening I think the the last time it was again it was fantastic okay it was a smaller crowd because unfortunately I don't think we'd kind of planned if we were definitely going to put it on last time round um, and so a lot of people had wandered off and missed it but a lot of people were you know upset that they'd missed it so this year plenty of warning midnight the Saturday night be there it will be something that there's always a bit of you know audience participation there are points at which you will be able to shout mug and join in as uh, David Bruben launches a mug at somebody or other or everybody <laughs> but we love it it's 
it's just a bit of fun. It's not intended to be a serious audio drama, you know. I don't think Escape Velocity has anything to worry about yet. Yeah, good. You haven't invested in rubber mugs, then, that people can throw around? No. You know, I, I looked into that last year, and you can get these lovely little stress mugs. And they're awesome. But see, when you see the minimum order quantity, it suddenly becomes a rather overly expensive joke. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Okay, so also Dave Hughes is going to be there. Um, I haven't seen Dave for a while. It'd be nice to see him again. And he's going to be doing his Elite Encounters role-playing game as usual. Uh, I think we've all played this, haven't we? Everyone except Karen. Well, I think uh, Alan, Alan not been avoiding it because he didn't want to play it until it was all done. It was all done. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was, I was avoiding it because I thought Dave has asked me to edit it. Um, so I was avoiding it until. Until it was it was ready for the editing pass, but actually, you know, from from what you guys have, have talked about in terms of playing it, in terms of what Dave has talked to me about, what he actually wants me to give feedback on, um, I don't think there's any reason why I shouldn't play it. To be honest, so so it'll probably be something if I've got free time, I should be booking in a uh, you know a session to to play the Elite Encounters game. Awesome. For, for listeners who know nothing about that, you should check out our back catalogue of podcasts because we've done, is it three episodes now, where we've str- we've basically re- done a recording of us playing the game, and it's a laugh. It is a, a right hoot. I don't know if all of it is suitable for your kids. Don't You, know, you might want to listen with your headphones on. Um, but, it, yeah, it's definitely worth a listen. And Dave Lowe, if we cast our minds back... Um, he had a Kickstarter going. I think is this the third incarnation of Kickstarter? I can't remember. Well, I, it is. Yes, I don't. I don't think that what that. I don't think it matters so much in that the fact that this is you know the Kickstarter that he's put up is now very much more focused on bringing back an orchestral version of the music he wrote for Frontier uh, Elite Two. Now that's due to finish on the Sunday of Lavecon. Dave has approached us last week and said he wants to come and they want to celebrate or commiserate the end of their Kickstarter with us um, at the event, which I think is a f- fantastic idea. It's the perfect place to be. And, you know, the very fact that he'll be there, be able to reminisce about some of the, you know, the, the work that he's done for a vast array of computer games that he's written, written tracks for. So, yes, yeah, so we're just, we're literally just talking to him at the moment and saying, Dave, what do you want to do? Um, so, you know, hopefully we'll see what, um, what he's interested in, in doing over the weekend. If you haven't taken look um, at his Kickstarter then just type in Dave Lowe over at Kickstarter and you'll, you'll find it we're also we're starting to feature the advertisements for it again leading up to, to LaveCon so there'll be advertisements on the Lave radio stream cool yeah I suggest if anybody appreciated his work on Frontier go and give it some cash because um, I, I think they're well on their way so I, I've got my fingers crossed for them this time okay so Lave Revolution returns as a book, an ebook, now on sale. Alan, you get to talk some more. <laughs> oh dear, seems to be all me in this last last hour. I'm obviously I'm making up for the fact that I, I you know, didn't talk much about power play or close quarter combat. All right, so the stuff I can't talk about, the stuff I can talk about. So the second edition of of Lave Revolution is now on Amazon. Uh, the first edition. Uh, disappeared from Amazon in April. The second edition is with a new publisher, and uh, that's now up. It contains all new artwork with the and the fantastic contribution of Liam Rafferty, 
otherwise known as Mobius, on uh, on the forum. So thank you, Liam, and also Bruce Myers, who's a personal friend who I've known for for nearly twenty years. Bruce did some original art for uh, for the project, which I've I've featured and some some amazing prints of has gone to to certain backers. A couple of those those pictures feature in the book, and the new cover is one of Bruce's designs or one of Bruce's his paintings, which Liam has then gone over and done his Photoshop magic uh, to. So it, it looks looks fantastic. And there's an extra 11,000 words. What I've been able to do is add in some of the appendices that were in the Kickstarter as rewards. They've now gone into the book. Uh, similarly, we've managed to clarify the charity contribution related to the book. 10% of the face price that you pay for the book will go to Ellis Danlos, the charity for people with mobility issues and hypermobility. So uh, it's people that, that dislocate a little bit, you know, when they're, they're moving around and doing day-to-day things. So, um, yeah, no, essentially, this is now available back again on Amazon. It's also over on Smashwords. Now, if you've not checked out Smashwords, Smashwords is great. We're going to feature Smashwords on Data Slate this week. The great thing about Smashwords is that it's, it's an ebook sales site, but it basically it distributes to all the major ebook sales sites so once you get your work on smashwords it will then distribute it to nook to kobo to ibook to you know to all the other sites that you can download books from so um so yeah so labor revolution's gone up on smashwords it's probably slightly better to go and get it on smashwords because the percentage that that smashwords takes as opposed to amazon is slightly less which is quite nice and yeah so you know so it's available there uh, and available on Amazon for you to, to download, get hold of. Awesome stuff. I'm glad to see it's back. Okay, and to finish up our kind of LaveCon special uh, discussion topics, just a reminder, day tickets, still available. We've still got tickets if you want them for both Saturday and Sunday, haven't we, Karen? Yeah, we have. Yeah, day tickets for both days, both silver and bronze still available. We will stop selling the silver before the event so soon um, because... Um, the hotel will need to know numbers for food, so get in, get in quickly. There will be food available. I'll be putting up on the website a bar menu for those who have who have bronze tickets or haven't included food, or for whatever reason get starving hungry for some random uh, some random time. Um, so that's all good. And there are lots of places to stay nearby. So if you've not been able to get a gold or platinum ticket, then please there are lots of hotels campsites bed and breakfast all sorts to stay nearby so you can still totally make a make a weekend of it and it's just a short taxi ride away i will say as well we'll keep people updated related to cancellations if there are any what we'd ask is that email the lave radio email address email info at laveradio.com and you'll get a you'll get a personal reply it's the best way to to deal with queries is to, to email us and that way we can we can obviously we can straighten out a problem and give you an idea of of what the situation is uh, at the moment you know i mean obviously the hotel's fully booked so you know we're focusing towards getting the entertainment and the other bits and pieces sorted but you know it might be if if you kind of find that oh you know i can come now is there a, is there a chance you know just email us let us know and or we'll just give you more information and point you in the right direction on the 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 live radio site which karen's done a sterling job of making sure that pretty much everything you you need to know you can find in the live con section good stuff okay we're going to move on to a kind of little mini topic which i think was suggested by grant some news recently from star citizen grant would you like to elaborate yes i mean this this hit me on my facebook feed and it just seemed to be a significant 
and a kind of close a similarity to the Frontier Development Programme where things have you know had to change and been delayed and we had offline mode obviously being put to the side and kind of or not for the foreseeable future Star Citizen had its first sort of significant hit back when it came to their kind of point there they were just about to sort of release this first person part simulation of the game um, now what did they call it Star not was s- it Marine Commander Star Marine, oh, that's right, yeah. Star Marine. <clears throat> and unfortunately when they've got to the point of having a look and checking it out, they've found that it's falling below the level that they're happy with and it doesn't seem to meet the quality that they're expecting their game to hit, so they've decided and, and some of the language is a little bit well, it would be concerning, especially if you <laughs> look at how things get reacted to in the Elite Dangerous forums when they say for the foreseeable future that kind of suddenly feels like a long time, <laughs> especially when we're talking, what's we're four years or so, isn't it, before it's going to... They're going to see any of the game anyway. Um, other than the sort of snapshots that we've all seen, and if you are a, a backer of Star Citizen, then you've obviously been wandering around your hangar and jumping into the sort of uh, strange combat missions. I just can't do them. I can't do them. I'm so bad at this game. So I was looking forward to the, the first-person part because it looked awesome. It was shaping up really, really well. But... As we know in game development, if you release a turkey, that's it. And you don't want to release a turkey, that's for certain. Not when you've got, what, $80 million of uh, backers' funds in in your bank. Uh, You certainly do not want to put something out there that falls short. I mean, that is a a heck of a lot of pressure for any development company to live up to because they essentially have a, a massive customer base without a product. So... The last thing you need is that drop in confidence by releasing something that's not quite ready yet. And I think it kind of... The way that their forums have have split, they've still got, obviously, the, the nice and the sort of uh, fanboy-esque, or they would be called fanboys, wouldn't they? Because they say things like, well, you know, at least you're not pumping out the rubbish and all this kind of stuff. And then you've got the other guys that are basically accusing them of blowing all the money on cocaine and whores, which is obviously a, a very well-thought-out and balanced argument. But I just thought it demonstrates, you know, that every development have got to keep the quality. The minute they settle for something, they've lost their customer base. So I think it kind of ties in with Elite Dangerous and the way that they are developing things and they are adapting. So they start off with a Kickstarter, they make these promises, and then they reach a point when they realise that they've got to change the plan. And not changing the plan could be the end of it all. So I guess what I'm trying to do is appeal to the people out there that are always, always, always overreacting to sort of bad news and good news and constantly having a go at changes to the development plans that sometimes these changes are for the better and only time will tell. But by all means, you've got to voice your opinion, but just always bear in mind that you don't want a piece of crap being sent out. Otherwise, uh, that's going to be ten times worse. Yeah. Well, I think I think that it's worth bearing in mind that, and and this is speaking from a, a sort of an observational viewpoint because I've I've followed a bit of the the Star Citizen, Citizen development. I haven't really got involved in it. I just you know followed it and seen you know when they're making announcements and other bits and pieces. Now, 
what what strikes me is the market difference of approach and we've talked a little bit about this in the past but you you see it uh sort of quite clearly exemplified here where uh, with frontier we perhaps lambast frontier a little bit done early in the podcast about how close to the chest they are about things how they don't tell us anything how we you know we struggle with with minimal information and this week you know we have very little to you know to sort of comment on in relation to the podcast but by the fact they're not promising and not telling us anything there's nothing they can break whereas unless it gets to something major you know unless it gets to a promised feature and then it you know which it, we saw with with offline mode whereas with star citizen uh, you know it does appear that the the norm is to get a deadline and then miss it and to you know and to then you know to have reasons you know but to miss that deadline and then to give another deadline uh, and so on and so on so i i think that it is interesting to see the different methods of of development certainly having read chris roberts's statement related to this the way in which that statement sort of rose back from the and it does it gives a very clear explanation of why they've why they pulled the fps for now and the reason they pulled it is relating to network issues and you know they're then having to to go through and actually custom code more and more of the the engine that they've chosen to use in the first place you know it does it does kind of when you look at that and you kind of go okay that's that's a lot of work the fact that frontier have got this bespoke engine that they've developed elite dangerous with you know the cobra engine makes it somewhat easier for them to be able to see those problems in advance i you know i really hope star citizen works i think you know with the amount of cash that's been put into it the amount of loyalty and and you know and, and, and fan base attached to it it's only a good thing for the genre of space sims if star citizen comes off it's only a bad thing if it doesn't um but it is interesting to observe the different approach to development yeah i mean the only comment i've got is you know from a developer perspective i've been quite interested to see how they've de- you know how the development's panned out for them, considering the, they've used what is a first-person shooter engine. You know, it's quite strange of them to kind of have issues with, you know, like a, a first-person mo- shooter module. Um, you don't know if this is a knock-on from the fact that they've had to change the networking um, so it works with their, you know, with, with their flying spaceships, which they said was going to be a problem. Um, so yeah, I, I just find it quite interesting because you know, as Alan says, you know, Frontiers had a custom engine, and, and I, the get the idea behind using a, like an off-the-shelf engine is it's meant to cut down on the development time. Whereas I, I just don't get that feeling from Star Citizen, and unfortunately, I, I think they've just been really unlucky. Okay. Oh, I just realised I'm host, so I've got to move things on. <sighs> okay, we will move on to questions from the community. Yeah, there was something that happened on a previous the, the last episode about an announcement that was going to happen at two o'clock in the morning at E3. Does anybody know what the cock up was with that? No, I, I think it Definitely was definitely silence. I think it was purely just a, a misunderstanding of what was said, and I think it was just sort of um, the planet coaster uh, announcement was there, and then we were expecting something later, and again, I think we just misunderstood. So we were. <laughs> expecting some more news, potentially elite news, but it never happened. And it was just purely, I think possibly elite might have been featured on some other part of the show, but it wasn't a kind of exclusive frontier announcement or for anything. So that was the, the confusion. 
Okay, that's fine. I was just worried that, you know, the, the podcast was going to the dogs in my abs- absence. But no, that's fine. Oh, it is. Okay, well, you know, I'm glad you acknowledge it. Um, <coughs> uh, seriously now, um, any more questions? What's this? First question, why does Lee Radio Post say it's coming from Dorridge? Is this serious? No? Okay. That's all the questions on Lee Radio or Facebook anyway. Does anybody have Twitter open? I can't log in. Someone's changed the password. How professional. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I was muted. No, I, I've had a look on the Twitter thing and I'm not seeing any questions. Oh, so I think I've covered, I've covered what was said about cancellations. Uh, there were one or two people have asked about cancellations. Do just, yeah. as, as I've said, do just email us. It is going to be the best way to, you know, to sort of pick up whether there are any and whether we can do something in terms of sorting you out. Um, but also, you know, if you want to come and the hotel is fully booked and you're looking, you know, you're looking for somewhere else to stay, we do have a list of other hotels. Some are incredibly nice, almost as nice as the Sedgebrook. In fact, you know, just uh, probably a, a paper thin, you know, comparison would be, uh, uh, you know, made in terms of uh, the level of quality. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, we're quite happy to, to sort of, give you some better some ideas of where everything is and the friday night um i did have a query someone said oh you know is i think it was ltel said uh, he pm'd me said you know is there anything going on on the friday don't want to interfere with anything if it's just the organizers getting together and now we're just we're just going to get together and have a good laugh on the friday night i think we're just going to have a bit of a social so i think that's that's you know because we're we're the community as much as the people who are coming to LaveCon and the community. You know, we, we don't see any distinction. So, yeah, on the Friday night, it'll be a chill-out, nice chance for a drink. Uh, I think we'll probably be at the Sedgebrook, won't we, Karen? Yeah, we'll be at the Sedgebrook. There is a bar, there is a spa, which is open till 10 o'clock. You can check in from 2 o'clock in the afternoon to the hotel if you're staying there on the Friday night. So, yeah, a few, a few drinks, a bit of a relax. It'll be lovely. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be there. I booked a room. I don't know if there's still any available, but it's worth checking out if you fancy it. So, yeah, I'll be there. And if you want to buy me a drink, obviously, I'm open to uh, that kind of offer. Okay, does someone want to do some shout-outs to commanders in-game? Yeah, I can do that, I suppose, because I'm the one who's been there. Let me just dig up the list of guys, because we've had a few people in and out. It's been been this night, actually. Uh, But we've had Commander Mangle... Commander Talon Loxley, Commander Grand Solo, Nexus Log, Stefan Lemke, Icefire, Arathon, um, Tim Wheatley, Bapster, and Lode Wadron have all been hanging out outside of Lave Station, talking away and generally making a nuisance of themselves in a very nice way. Okay, uh, we got some time, so I just want to hit a question that's just appeared in the chat room um, from Commander Arathon, who asked what security is going to be in place for the LAN hardware. I take it he's, or she, is concerned um, that, you know, if they bring their PC, is anybody going to be able to run off with it? Um, Karen, do you have anything specific to say? Yeah, what we're doing, obviously we can't take, you know, actual responsibility for people bringing in their own personal kit, so we'd encourage you to, to keep an eye on it and what have you. But um, we are providing stickers so that the people in the LAN room can check the sticker ID on the 
on any PC with the badge ID that you'll all be wearing. So it means that there is is a way in which the guys running the LAN can verify when you say, I'm just taking my PC out here, that it really is your PC that they're taking out there. But I would say, you know, of course we can't be completely responsible for it. So, you know, do make sure that what you, whether you're choosing to leave kit or what have you, um, that you're happy that it, it is safe. I mean, we are, you know, a fairly obviously a closed event from the point of view of you know random people off the street can't just walk in and use your pc or what have you um because we will be checking badges of anybody attending the event that they really really are supposed to be there um but yeah so i think that's that's what we're at you yeah. can if if um, you would like to bring a lock along i know there are sort of pc locks that people can can bring to secure it to the table you're very welcome to bring those along we're not supplying them it's, I think it's worth pointing out as well is that in general, because it's a land room and there's quite a lot of people bringing stuff, generally you tend to find that um, people are looking out for each other. You know, it's quite a close-knit community. Um, and if people want to play, you know, till late in the late in the night, they tend to look out for each other. They tend to, you know, to be quite quite careful about uh, about each other's equipment. So, yeah, you know, I, I think that's I think that's a very positive thing, and I think that's probably going to ensure that there won't be any problems there certainly weren't last year the only problem we had was that i think john you left me with half a cat five cable oh great i hope you bring it because we might need it <laughs> yeah i think i've got i think i've got that's part of a roll somewhere upstairs so yeah okay another question what is the one squee worthy thing that each one of us are dying to see and do at LaveCon? well that's a nice question only one thing no half and no halving so no speeches about how you're looking forward to everything I guess is what they're saying <laughs> Shall I go first? Go on Artemis Okay Crash, are you still here? You've been very quiet Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm, I'm here I suppose I, I'm going to be really soppy and say it's just going to be nice to see everyone again Aww no. Yeah Aww. Not in the spirit of his question I guess but okay <laughs> Ben? I, I was going to go with Artemis as well I have to admit I'm really looking forward to that no, yeah. no, you go pick something else. Yeah, something else would probably be Jugger then. Okay, beating Michael Brooks in the face at Jugger. <laughs> oh, he's got a helmet he's, and, a be- and a beard, so he's protected. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, you get Storm Rain. Um Sorry. <laughs> oh, crikey, there's this. Just when you look at the whole schedule, there's so blooming much. Ah, right, if I can't do it, stop wishy washy and do that, then it will have to be oh, away team. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, Karen, have you got anything? Or are you just hoping it's going to be over quickly? No, I'm looking forward to it. I, I am I am looking forward to seeing everybody, but in particular, all of our special guests, you know, the people who have you know, given up some time to come along and, and help out, and of course, all the wonderful volunteers. It is it is so nice to see the, the passion and excitement that goes into making an event like this, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. And probably, probably sitting in the spa when it's all over. <laughs> okay. Am I allowed to vote for Star Sovereign? <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, like, I won't even be able to play it. I'll, I'll just be running it. So, but um, actually, I'm actually looking forward to the Chaos Reborn tournament. Something else that I probably shouldn't play seems I'm the tournament organizer. But I am actually looking forward to seeing some people playing that. You know. Uh, oh, I, 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 I forgot to mention Julian's not played XCOM the board game. 
Right. So uh, he, he confessed to me he's not played it. He's desperate to play it. So an X-Wing fan really loves X-Wing. So he's, he's looking forward to seeing, you know, if we, we have our tournament there. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, I mean, both of those things might be an opportunity to play XCOM the board game with Julian Gollop. That'd be pretty cool. Okay, cool. Right. Well, I think that's everybody done, isn't it? Yeah, I think we're going to end on time. So, uh, just a reminder, yes, LaveCon 2015, in case you didn't know, it's on the 11th and 12th of July at Sedgebrook Hall Hotel in Northamptonshire. Please come and see us. That's it for another episode of Lave Radio. Um, I'd like to thank all of my co-hosts this week, Alan, Karen, Ben, Karash, and Grant. Thank you very much. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com. You can find us on facebook.com slash radio, or you can tweet us at radio. There's also a Skype chat channel. Uh, if you add Fozzer101 to your Skype contacts and ask to be added, he'll add you to that. Um, I, I don't, I, I'm not a member of that because uh, um, it's it, this... Last time I was on there, there was just so many people talking, I couldn't get any work done. But, you know, I, I think it's still alive and kicking. Um, or you can join our TeamSpeak server. It is still very alive. Oh, good, good. You can join our TeamSpeak server, where commanders are there hanging out playing Elite Dangerous, as well as a couple of other games like GTA V. Um, and that is laveradio.teamspeak3.com. So, once again, thanks very much, guys. Thanks to the commanders that joined us outside Lay Radio, and thanks to everyone who listened live. Until next time, fly safe, and if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Okay, now I think someone's trolling me in the show notes because they just want me to read out random stuff. What does bottoms said Mr. Pig mean? That was me talking to you earlier, John, when you were busy editing the show notes. Dear, dear, you shouldn't leave that in the show notes. I thought that David Braben had dressed up as a pig and said bottoms a lot at E3 or something. (laughs) That's possible, I suppose. Yeah.